This is the Average Guy Network, and you have found Home Gadget Geek show number 433, uh, actually second time, recorded on February 20th, 2020. Here at Home Gadget Geeks, we cover all the favorite tech gadgets that find their way in your home. News, reviews, product updates, and conversation all for the average tech guy. I'm your host, Jim Collison, broadcasting live from the AverageGuy.tv studios. Uh, chilly. Mike, I don't know if the weather can decide. Like, we had 50 on fr- on Sunday. We had 7 this morning. It can't like, decide. It's just crazy. It just keeps bouncing back and forth. Of course, we'll post some world-class show notes out at the AverageGuy.tv. Uh, don't forget, you can join us live on our mobile app, really the best way to listen when you're on the road. Travel season is coming up for many of you. Think about maybe summer travel plans and you want to listen to Home Gadget Geeks on the road. Easiest way to do it is stream it through our Spreaker app. You can get that for free, Android, iPhone. Head out to homegadgetgeeks.com. I just paid for that again, so I appreciate our Patreon subscribers who help us uh, help us fund that fund. Uh, and homegadgetgeeks.com, it's free. Just download it. Just have it ready. You know, Just have it on your phone and have it ready. Big thanks to Ryan and Bob uh, last week. I, m- I mentioned this early on. We actually tried podcasting last week. And for whatever reason, I had terrible upload speeds, Mike. And eventually we isol- I, we isolated it to Cox. <laughs> it was their problem. Uh, I complained a couple times, used chat, called in, couldn't get any movement. And then Saturday afternoon, um, I came home from the trek up the tower stair climb and the internet was fixed. And no, 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 it was wrong. It was better, whatever. I, I think I got a hold of you in the afternoon. We tested it out. Then this morning, I went to check it. I'm like, okay, every morning now, I like checking the speed just to kind of make sure. And this morning, I was back to one. So I was getting one up, basically, is what, one or two up. And, of course, that's not that's not going to work for us, right? And, and on Saturday, did a technician come out? Nope. No, I no. think they just, hmm. I, they must have got some complaints. And the, the only... um you know, it's pretty cold Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And it started to warm up Saturday afternoon. Well, the internet went down for the up speed. I did say it didn't go down. It just degraded, right? Um, Thursday when it got cold. And when it warmed up on Saturday, it started working again. And I'm thinking maybe they got a piece of equipment that's exposed to the cold or yeah. where, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know enough about that networking equipment to be able to tell, but it, was down this morning. It's back up. I think we're fine. I don't know. It's kind of weird. It's one of those things where because it's inconsistent, you really can't. You call. The first thing they want to do is troubleshoot everything. Like, okay, disconnect everything. Can you reboot your router every single time? Don't you have notes on this thing? You know, I've been through it. I've done that, right? I know. No, and you can't convince them. You're like, look, I kind of know what I'm talking about. Can we get right to the, to the issue here? So, uh, Ryan, Bob, we have them rescheduled for March and, uh, they'll be back on here, um, as well. I appreciate it. We, if you miss the live show, it's still out there. You can kind of still see the (laughs) create we're, we're going through, we got task manager open. We're moving USB things around. I'm rebooting. Um, the beauty of StreamYard didn't matter for you guys. You guys just kept going, even though, you know, my connection sucked, right? You guys kept going. I, I missed the whole conversation. Did you guys talk about anything, anything important while I was screwing around with the stuff or? No, just, not really. Did you guys we just were mainly just like uh, trying to theorize of what could be going on with your setup. That was pretty much the, <laughs> the entirety of what we would talk about when you weren't listening. Well, I appreciate you guys doing that. I appreciate those guys coming on. 
And uh, of course, we'll uh, thinkcomputers.org if you want to check it out. They got a lot of stuff going on over there and you just might want to. That might be a, they have a, I think they podcast on, on Wednesday nights. Yes, Wednesday nights on YouTube and then some yep. gaming going on afterwards. So, um, okay, Mike, you've got an, what are you doing? You got a new microphone in front of you. You might sound a little different. What, what's like, what's going on over there? I do. We're, we're testing a few new things out. So, uh, the microphone as Jim has probably alluded to was maybe a bad choice as we're starting to mm. learn as we, him and I are testing things out. No, well, like back and forth. Okay. Well, so, I mean, it's, a, it's go ahead. Nah, then I'll, I'll, then I'll complain about it. And I, I think I, I was, I've been, as you were talking, I was trying to like fix stuff over here. I might've been able to do something. We'll, we'll huh. test it out later. Okay. But anyway, yeah. So, uh, essentially what, what happened on, on my end was I started streaming again, you know, me like very up and down on my hobbies, right? What am I doing now? Well, I'm back into streaming a little bit. And, uh, what that led to was we all know the ATR 2100, which is the microphone Jim and I have, Jim still uses right now that he's using, uh, the microphone I have always used for podcasting before tonight. Uh, it's a pretty gain hungry microphone. And I had really eliminated the mixer from my setup a long time ago. And for StreamYard, things like that, it actually worked fine running that thing off USB. Uh, but what I did notice was that I really had to crank the gain on my stream. And I was having to do that in software. And it just, it, it was it was distorting it just enough that was kind of driving me nuts. And so the, the first thing that I want to do is like, well, okay, I want to introduce a mixer back into my setup. But man, a mixer for me, the way I the way I need to do things was, was kind of a pain to run. First of all, it took up a lot of desk space. And number two, it meant wires running everywhere and things like that. So I just so happened at the same exact time that I was like thinking about all this. Okay, do I put my mixer back on my table because I still had it? Uh, do I want to go through that hassle? I actually heard one of my streamers mention the mixer he was using. And I was like, okay, this this is really interesting because this mixer... Okay, now did you notice my air conditioner stopped running as soon as I... Okay, yeah, probably. Anyway, we'll get to that. Um, so I, I heard about this this new mixer that had come out. And it had come out, I think, a year and a half ago. And it was called the GoXLR. So there was this GoXLR Mini, and I did a little bit of Googling, and I found out all of the top streamers are using this thing. I'm like, okay, what what is causing every single good streamer um, and a lot of podcasters to use this this mixer? Like, you know, mixers is one of those things, Jim, at least, you know, from what I knew from the past, like, people use all sorts of mixers. It didn't even matter. Like, it all it did was mix your audio. Like, as long as it did that and it did it well... People used, I mean, there was no one person you were going to find that really found, okay, this is like the mixer. You might have had a few like podcasting, like travel mixers that everyone went to, but as far as like a desktop mixer, everyone used different ones. So there had to be something different here, and there totally was. So tonight I want to kind of walk you guys through why this GoXLR is like taking the streaming industry by storm, especially, and now it's really starting to get into podcasting because this thing is not your traditional mixer at all. I almost, I almost don't even want to call it a mixer. I want to call it like a streamer podcaster audio interface is really what I want to call it because that's really what it is. Um, so, so let me kind of describe this thing to you. And actually I will show my screen, um, because it gives you guys a little bit of a visual for those of you on video of, uh, of what this thing looks like. So it's pretty cool. And, and while you're setting that up, yeah. the, the impetus for this, for you, right. Is really your gaming. Right. And so it it's, is, yeah. it's not really podcasting. We, I had, we had no problems. I had no problems with your mic podcasting. It was fine there, but well, in the, in the gaming world, you, you were, it was, str you were struggling a little bit more with it. 
I was, and it's really not the 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 quality of the audio. That's not the issue. Like all the mixers do a great job with audio. Um, this one does better for me just because it has some things built in because I had a cheaper mixer. But it's really not the audio quality. It's the features and really it's the mix minus. So if you're a podcaster or if you're a streamer, um, I'm going to use the streaming just so I can stick to that example, right? We'll, we'll talk about streaming and I'll, I won't kind of, I'll let Jim kind of talk about podcasting and how he might use it. But for example, when I am streaming a game, I usually have Discord open and I'm playing with someone and they're talking to me through Discord. So uh, let's use Ryan as an example uh, in our chat because him and I have done this before. So him and I are in a Discord and we're talking to each other while we play a game. Um, and I want to be able to control his level of how loud he is. Cause sometimes if I play with Ryan, he has a really good mic. So he's nice and loud for me. Sometimes I play with, uh, you know, someone who has a really quiet mic and I need to boost them up. So what the go XLR does is essentially when you plug it in, first of all, my version, I have the go XLR mini. And so the mini is completely USB powered. So the only cable running to my PC is one USB cable into the go XLR. It has an XLR input. So that's where my microphone is plugged into. It has a lot of other kind of inputs and outputs as in like they have a line in, they have a microphone in, they have an optical in as well. So you could connect like a, an Xbox or a PS4 via optical cable to this thing. Um, but for me, I'll just explain my setup. My setup is just my XLR microphone into the go XLR mini and the XLR mini into the computer, one USB cable. But here's the magic. What the GoXLR does is it creates multiple audio inputs and outputs on your computer. So when now when I plug this thing in a computer, when I go to my audio settings, I have different outputs. I have a chat output. I have a, um, a system output. I have a music output. And so with the one mixer, it is mixing audio, but it's not mixing analog streams. It's mixing digital streams. So um, if when you guys look at this, I know it's going to be really zoomed out because it's full screen um, on the stream. But this is exactly so this is actually my mixer right here, just in, in digital form. You guys will notice as I slide sliders up and down, it's actually sliding things up and down on the screen. OK, so I'm doing that physically on my device, not on the screen. So on the left side, I have my microphone slider up and down. This is really controlling the XLR input microphone. So if I'm, I, I can actually do this live as I bring it down, I will get really close. And then and now we I, can't hear you. Yep. And yep. And now I bring it back up. So I'll bring it back yeah. up to the top. All right. So easy enough. Microphone, simple to explain. Now the next one is actually something I'm using right now as we're streaming. This one is labeled chat. And, and why is it chat? Well, so in StreamYard, I have my input and my output set to chat. So again, that's an audio interface that the GoXLR is creating on your computer. And the reason I have it set that way is so Jim coming out the output on chat, it goes to this slider on my mixer. So right now I can control and pretend right now, you guys are hearing this through StreamYard, pretend I'm streaming to Twitch. Right. So I have, I have an, I have an output. It's called the broadcast output. And that broadcast output is going to Twitch. So when I tone that up and down, Jim's voice is going up and down. Yeah. And in theory, if we wanted to, you could be streaming this to Twitch right I definitely now. Definitely could. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So I could be streaming this to Twitch. I would be controlling my voice on the first slider. Jim's on the second. And then this is where it gets even better. So there's a third slider and a fourth slider on the GoXLR mini. This third one by default, and again, you can change all of these. They don't have to be what they're physically labeled. This is just how I have mine set up. 
The third one is set for music. So for me on Spotify on my computer, I have the output for Spotify set to the music audio interface that this thing creates. And those show up in the in your music preferences section, right? They do. Or, I mean, yep. in your audio preferences. Right? Just like yeah. anything else, just like any yep. speakers you plug in, just, just a like virtual ATR output. microphone. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's just right. like selecting your ATR USB mic if you plug it in that way or your mixer. So when I go, when I bring my music slider up and down, if I had Spotify open, it would be controlling the music. So if you guys are kind of getting the gist here, it's really being able to adjust on a granular level from a mixer with sliders, your different things from one PC. If we wanted to do this on a traditional mixer, you would need to be getting different either USB audio interfaces, or you'd have to have multiple cables running from outputs on your computer. Um, and, or, and that's, or a modern USB mixer. So that's you have to get one that's USB enabled actually has some of that built in. So with, with, you're right, but those are super expensive. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, you're going to be paying a lot for ones that allow you to have multiple inputs and outputs via USB. Cause I like on my mixer, I could send stuff back to the mixer, but I could only send one thing. Yeah. Right. And yeah, in this case, we're talking about physical hardware. So like I can send the Amazon device to the mixer, but it's plugged into it physically. Right. Correct. I could take uh, the output from uh, another computer that's playing music and bring it into the mix. Yep. And I can choose where to, you know, I could play that to you, but that's all hardware based. This is literally just virtual. Yes. So yeah. that's a really good point. This mixer is not what you want if you're going to go like record a band and you want a microphone, you want your drums, you want all, you want a bunch of physical devices plug in, not what you want. This is for the podcaster who is solo. Like even for Jim, this actually, I'm thinking of in Jim's use case, he could have me on a different slider. If he was a podcaster who used music or stingers or things like that, he could have a more granular control over what goes where. And I'll kind of show you guys that because the the real money here is the routing table when I get to that. Mike, um, I, so folks know what it looks like. Yeah. Um, I'm assuming this is the one, this is the link I got that in is. show notes. Yep. That's what you're talking about. So that's what it physically looks like as well. Again, you might want to come over to the video either through the uh, RSS feed or on YouTube. Um, we're showing a lot of stuff here. We are. Yeah, we're showing a lot of stuff. Um, so yeah, the so then the the final slider that I didn't talk about is just system. So this is, I, I consider this the catch-all, right? This is your system output of your computer. This is if I open up YouTube and it's playing out the standard output, uh, it would go to your system slider. So you have that as well. So not only are these things all uh, adjustable, so if we go to the mixing tab here, you guys can see that these are your different sliders, so slider one through four, and you can select what source you want. Again, I kind of walked you through my setup. So for the first one, I have voice chat, music, things like that. This is the really cool thing too, and this this is why this was built for streamers. Here's what happens when you're a streamer. I'm streaming, I have Ryan in Discord, I'm playing Tarkov with him. All of a sudden, someone in my chat uh, on Twitch wants to like ask me a question and I want to talk back to them, but I don't want to necessarily bother Ryan with all of that. Ryan doesn't need to hear me talk to my chat. Ryan doesn't need to hear me thank everyone for donations or bits or follows, things like that. So these mute buttons are all customizable underneath each slider. So the one for my microphone, you'll see here is a mute option. You can either mute it to everything. So as soon as I hit that, it would mute my microphone to all the outputs. But what I have it do is just mute it to um, let's see here, I'm on the wrong channel. I have it just mute to the voice chat, which means to the chat slider. So like right now, if I hit my mute button, you guys don't hear me because you're set on the chat. But if I was streaming, the stream would still hear me, just you wouldn't hear me. So it's perfect for that kind of scenario. 
So someone in chat asked me a question. I hit that. Ryan doesn't have to hear me jabber on to my chat. I unmute it when I'm ready to talk back with him. So these mute options, and there's a, there's a bunch of them, um, but really you would either have it mute to your chat or mute it across the board. So customizable mute buttons. Um, and then as we go across here, that's the same for all four. You do have one overall cough mute button is what I'm calling it. On the bottom right, it mutes it mutes that microphone. It's, it's yep. kind of like a cough button, right? right. Cough mute. Uh, I think I, what I really want them to do in the next piece of software is to make that toggle, not just while I'm pressing it, because I would love to be able to tap it, do something, and then tap it again. Right now, it's just while you're holding it. Is there a hardware cough button on your on the actual device? That yes, it, sorry. When I'm pointing, everything up here that I'm pointing to is a mimic of an of an okay. actual button. So yes, when I'm pressing that, I'm pressing it on my actual device. So it's a physical cough button, and also on the left, just for oh yeah. So here you go. So that bottom right blue button, that's your cough the, button. The bottom right, this one right there. Cool. Yep. And then bottom left is your uh, is your bleep button. That's just kind of a for fun one. You know, if you're going to curse and you're going to say, man, this is a awesome mixer, just <laughs> awesome. I mean, I, I could love this mixer more, right? Like it's just, it, it adds some fun in Yeah. Um, if you want to go, if you want to, so if you are someone who, but really I have actually found that when you have someone in your party who's cursing and you don't want everyone to hear that before you can mute them, if you just want to like tap that real quick, um, I run a family friendly stream, so I try not to curse myself, but uh, nice. nice little addition. Yeah. And so the main part of what's awesome about this, we're going to get to kind of the meat and potatoes, is the routing table on this mixer. And this is what I'm talking about when it comes to mix minus. So along the top, you have all your inputs. Along the left of this table, and again, I'm going to try to describe this as best I can for you audio listeners, but it might be something on this section I have to come look. So imagine a, 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 you know, a matrix grid, and along the top, you have inputs. Along the side, you have outputs. And then each box you can check or uncheck depending on if you want a certain input to go to a certain output. So here's what I was talking about with that broadcast stream mix. So this second row across, that is for me, Twitch. That's what Twitch is hearing. So they're hearing everything. I don't use a line in so we can ignore line in. But if you were, you could check mark that. But the customizability here is absolutely insane. So for Jim, for you guys on the podcast, you guys are on my chat output. So what are you guys hearing? Well, you're just hearing my microphone. So if I had music going and the slider was up, uh, the stream would hear that. For example, when I'm so again, let's use the example of I'm playing with Ryan and he's in my Discord. I'm using chat. He's only hearing my microphone. He's not hearing the music I play to chat. He's not hearing my system sound. So when I get the alert for a new donation that my stream wants to hear, he's not hearing that. Uh, he's only hearing what I, what I want him to hear. But hey, Ryan, I'm listening to this really cool song. Now he's hearing my music. It's as simple as just checking the box and it's live, right? So as I click and unclick, he's hearing it. He's not hearing it. Um, so all that sort of makes minus. What I really love too is the headphones portion of this. So right now in my headphones, you can turn on and off certain things. So if the stream or if the podcast wants to listen to something and you don't, you can unclick it. So for me, if I'm really trying to focus on a, like if I'm in Tarkov, right? Tarkov's a very intense game. I want to focus. I just unclick music and I don't hear the music anymore. The stream can still enjoy it, but I don't need to hear it in my own headphones, which is pretty cool. So this is an entire mix minus matrix, essentially, that this was the moneymaker for me. This was where it all started to be like, okay, this is why this thing makes sense for a streamer um, or in some cases a, a podcaster. So Mike, when you're gaming, are you keeping this like, because we, we've seen it, you've you posted both in Discord and the Facebook group, you're 
your monitor setup. Yeah, so you got yeah. three monitors going across, right, and one up. Are you using one of your monitors to have this open full time so you can just go right to it when you need to make changes? It's it's usually minimized, but it's up. So I don't usually because everything is pretty accessible on the physical mixer. The only gotcha. thing I would need to gotcha. open this for is to adjust this routing table. So easier to configure or or the way to configure is in the software and then you're using the physical device exactly. to do all the manipulation. But for the example I just gave, like where I'm in Tarkov and I don't want the music to be playing, I have opened it up real quick before and, and just kind of uncle I don't want to hear the music in my headphones. Um, I've made that sort of change on the fly. Everything else is, is pretty okay. But like I said, the same example for, okay, I want Ryan to hear this cool song I'm listening to, right? That's an example where you would need to open up the mm -hmm. software just to click that box again. But usually everything is going to be running here. My one com big, my biggest complaint, and it's a pretty big complaint on this mixer, is there is no volume knob for your headphones. Oh. Now you can assign a slider, but you give up a slider, right? Yeah. And I can't do that because I use my mic, my chat, my music, and the system audio. I use all those. Right. Um, now, it, some people have said, you know, well, do you really ever bring your mic down? And that's a, that's a good point. I probably could assign that slider. But then I would lose the mute button to chat. And that's something I use all the time. That's This this button right here is the most pressed button on my mixer because I'm constantly muting myself to Discord so I can talk to my chat. Um, so, so why not run that out into a headphone amplifier and then use that headphone amplifier to control your, your audio? You you read my okay. mind. That's the answer. That's what I need to do. I just need to run this thing into an amplifier yeah. and uh, and have my volume knob there. Get a cheap little two two channel or four channel. Just exactly. there, there's some advantages to having that that headphone amplifier too. If you want to ever send audio back to something, yep. It's um that that splitter. Well, you know, typically un, an unpowered splitter is going to actually reduce the sound quality and in volume, but when you run it through an amplifier everything stays intact and you can get it a little bit louder. So, and you can no, run it no. to your, to like desk speakers as well. Right. 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 You can have both of those on one little knob. So, yep. Yep. um, yeah, so that, that's in the works. That's when plan on doing, um, okay. So we've talked about the downside of, uh, of the non volume mixer. There was one other kind of area I wanted to cover real quick. And this is again, another big feature but in, uh, and then we're going to talk about the microphone and, and why you guys can hear my, my heater now. Um, this is the microphone settings. So the first thing you need to know is it has the Midas preamp, which in the music industry, audio industry, a Midas preamp is a really good preamp. So for very gain-hungry microphones, this thing's going to be able to handle it just fine. And I, I agree when I plugged the 2100 in, which is a very gain-hungry microphone, I usually had my gain knob pretty much cranked all the way to the right on my mixer, if not all the way. Almost all the way. So this one handles it okay. So when you first set your microphone up, can you guys still hear me when I talk right now? Yeah, it just went down a little bit. Just went down a little bit. Okay. Yeah. So here's where you're you know, changing dynamic condenser. So it's going to add in the phantom power if you're a condenser, or you can have a 3.5 millimeter. Okay, so so that was, that was the initial microphone setup. Now here across the bottom, it has a... No so on the mini, I, sh I should kind of be telling you what the big version has too, but for the mini, you have a noise gate, you have an EQ and you have a compressor. So the noise gate, this is where you have, um, and, and it's it's the reason why when I'm dead quiet, you don't hear anything. And when I start to talk right now, you can actually hear a little bit of background noise. Your noise gate is essentially a threshold where anything below this decibel level, it's not going to allow in. It's not going to accept it. And then once something breaches that, it kind of opens up and it's going to listen to to the microphone. Okay, so, so, that's, so for example, so I'll be quiet for a second. 
and you shouldn't have heard anything. Now, if I turn the gate all the way off, especially with this condenser microphone. It, it may be hard on what we're doing. That's true. It may be low process, yeah, but yeah. Um, yeah. for at least I for me. I it earlier. Yeah. I can hear my background as a ton when I'm listening to it in these headphones. So then you have your EQ, which is great to adjust. You know, if, if you don't know about EQ, it's essentially just adjusting your low, mids, and highs, which I think helps a lot. The the My favorite part about this, and actually it's really interesting because I jumped on and Jim and I were kind of, I was talking about how everything sounds and and uh, I think him and I like a little bit of, of different sound in the voice. So the, this last piece is the compressor and all a compressor does is it takes your lows and your highs and kind of levels them out in the middle, kind of it compresses them together, right? The biggest piece about this is that you're not going to have, you're not going to peak your microphone because as you go up above certain decibels, it uses a ratio to bring that and compress it way back down. So you should never really peak your microphone if you have a compressor on and you're running it correctly. The other thing it can do, which I don't have it set to doing right now, um, is it can take your lows when you whisper and bring them up a little bit. That's what they call this, uh, this makeup gain is what it's called. So when I whisper like this and I whisper really quiet, if I had that turned on, that would actually have been boosting that audio up a little bit to bring it, again, to compress it, to bring it back to a standard level. So I like a little bit more of a compressed, flat sound. Jim prefers a more dynamic sound, which is a great example of everyone's ears. They like things a certain way. And I think a lot of it comes to like what you get used to hearing too. So I like a little bit more of a compressed, flat, compressed, flat sound. So I had mine very compressed. And Jim's like, oh man, you sound very flat. I'm like, okay, let me change something and see if you, what you think. I turn that compressor off and I think it add a little bit more range to my voice, especially in the volume. Whereas before when I had it cranked up pretty high, um, my voice was very, like he said, flat. That's a great way to describe it. That's what it is. Yeah. Almost so, two, almost two dimensional. Like it, right, it, it just, right. it literally feels two dimensional. And then you make the adjustment and you're like, Oh, it, that feels more warm and you know, you know, more three dimensional. So, right. Yeah. Right. Everyone's uh, saying in the chat, you know, this is Billy Mays here for the, for the Go XLR mixer. <laughs> you know, I've, I have rarely found a device like this that I get really pumped and I, I just really, yeah. really enjoy. No, um, it's a, I think it's a good solution. I think from an average guy standpoint, right? We're the average guy network. This is a really nice um, kind of, it, it fits into a space for podcasters or, or, or gamers like you're doing. You know, the really nice, there's a couple versions. When you got this, I thought, well, did you look at the Mix Pre 3 or the Mix Pre 6? Those are both hardware enabled. They got a little bit of software, but they're, they they do a lot of this. But they're $399 and $699, right? The Roadcaster Pro, Rhodes Roadcaster Pro, similar idea. It's got a lot of inputs. You could, it does a lot of things virtually. You can do it in the hardware as well. $699, like we're talking $700 for these. This is a this is a two ninety nine or two forty nine. Two forty nine, yeah, yeah, two forty nine. I think on Amazon it was two forty eight. So so, um, and I got it on Amazon for two thirty last week. Okay, so yeah. it's been fluctuating quite a bit. Um, what's the what's the retail? So this is the mini. Do they yeah. have a pro version then? And yeah, the, the big version you get pretty much everything you see here. Um, the EQ is uh, what is this? This is a six band. I think the EQ is a ten band on the big boy. You also get a de-esser, and I should also mention tonight, um, well, I'll save it for when we talk about my, my microphone. Um, you get a de-esser on the big boy, which kind of takes away those S's sounds a little bit, but apparently that takes a lot of processing power. And then on the right side of the Go XLR, so if you take my mini version and you add a, add a right side to it, you get two new things. You get a sampler, 
which is actually a really cool way to to bring in stingers or to record. So on the sampler, I could be holding a button right now. It would record whatever we said, let go, and then that's saved to that like preset, right? Um, something I didn't really need. Some streamers, some podcasters, all about that. I think actually the full version, um, the sampler is actually where a podcaster could really enjoy it because especially if they program all of their sound effects over to that sampler, could make it super easy to add those back in live. The other thing you get is a voice changer is what I call it. I don't know what you really call it uh, professionally, but you know, where you can mess with, you know, your, your bass and your, your pitch and you can make yourself sound like a robot. You could sound like a megaphone um, and yeah. you can kind of have those set to presets. Old, old school telephone. Yeah. And, yeah, uh, yeah. Radio. Exactly. Right. Those, yeah, those effects. Exactly. Yeah. But the thing I liked about what they did with the mini um, and if I didn't mention before, I think I did the mini is entirely USB powered, no external power. Um, I, I, that's a good and bad, right? It eliminates one cord. So especially if you're maybe a little bit more mobile, it might be nice uh, to not have to, to find a place to plug that in. For me, I wish they would have put it because the entire reason they don't have a DSer is because it doesn't have the power to supply to um, to do a DSer. But uh, so there's no, but there is a power cable on the big version. And um, I think, I don't think you get any more inputs and outputs on the big version. And the internals, as in like the Midas preamp, things like that, are also all the same. So they kept the great audio quality you get from the main GoXLR. And all they did was take away the DSer, four bands from the EQ, the sampler, the voice changer, and uh, and, and and then you've got the mini. And the main ver the big boy version is five hundred dollars, so double the price, which still isn't bad to be totally honest. Oh, 481 on Amazon right now. That that price dropped a little bit. It sounds like their their prices are moving around a little bit. You might want to camel, camel, camel well, it's this. Well, because they something. just released the mini about two months ago. Okay. So they had the big boy version out for about a year, and then everyone was kind of asking for a more affordable. Like, I don't need all these features. And oh, and I guess the big version does have like um, a few different things. You have like you can change all the different icons above each slider, whereas on the mini they are just written physically on the board I, I like the swear button on this one it's it's got all the it's got all the characters on that's it. what this one has too the mini <laughs> has that too yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. yeah that's, that's pretty funny yeah but so it has that sampler is actually a 12 sampler because you have abc and you have the four corners so you have 12 sounds you could program into there uh and then a bunch of presets up top for for vocal changes yeah. oh and on the big version the other thing i like about this and this it kind of drives me nuts i should probably just delete my profile because you save this thing to a default profile so that when you start it up, whenever, you know, the computer comes back from a sleep mode or anything like that, it sets all your volumes back to your saved uh, wherever they were before. Well, on the mini, the sliders are not motorized. On the big version, they're motorized. So when you turn that thing on and it loads your profile, all those sliders move back to where you had them before, which is really cool. On the mini, it'll have, the, it'll have it set to those, but... You, when you look down, they don't line up. And as soon as you start moving it, it'll be like, okay, I'm resetting back to wherever your slider is now, not where you had your preset set to. Mechanical sliders are interesting. We we had a big board. I, I worked at a church and we had a big I don't know, 18 channel, whatever. And um, they had bought one with the mechanical sliders. And you could, you know, there's 99 presets. And, and the, the thought was in between all our services, you could set the you know, the volume levels where you want them. And then each service would have its own number and it would just dial it in for you. It never really worked, but it was crazy when you'd pick the service number and then the sliders would go, you know, right. to the different, 
yes. the different settings and just go right back to where they were. So that was pretty cool and kind of surprising they'd be available in just a $500 unit. So, right, you know, pretty, pretty interesting. Yeah. So $500 might be, you know, for someone who needs those type of things, it, it totally might be worth it to, to jump up to that model. But again, this is a device where I haven't found too many downsides to it. And I know I, I went all Willie Mays on it. But, no, it's good. Uh, it's, 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 good. Just, it's a solid, solid device at a great price point. And the thing that was different for me is, uh, and this could be different for other people, I just didn't know something like this existed. Um, mm-hmm. With those type of routing capabilities, very simple at this price point. I thought yeah. if I wanted to get into that, I was going to be looking at for sure a $500 and up mixer. And I didn't know there was something like that. At this level, cool, yeah, yeah. So no. the the, uh, the second piece of the, of the new gear is where I'm testing on a new microphone tonight, and the big change for me was going from a dynamic microphone to a condenser. So real quick, we just switched over to the AT2020. So when you're hearing me talk, that's what I'm coming through, uh, which is now a condenser microphone requiring that you know, phantom power from the mixer, things like that. It, I, I had not used a condenser microphone before except for the Blue Yeti. And I forgot until I got on the gym tonight how much room noise this thing picks up. And it's a it's great for the price. It's only 99 bucks. Um I think it's a great sounding microphone. And I do like my vocals. Like right now, I think, uh, and you guys will have to tell me because I do want to get your guys' feedback on this because I'm, I'm trying to, my ear is way different than everyone else's, I think, when I'm listening to my own voice compared to when other people hear it. But, um, I am running this through the GoXLR. I have the the gate on it. And right now, I have no air conditioning on. There's no water pipes running. So it should be pretty clean sounding. But I think what you guys heard earlier, and when I first got on with Jim, what he heard was, I mean, as soon as my heater turns on, because I'm in the basement, you can definitely hear that background noise of the heater. But right now, hopefully, it sounds relatively clean. Jim, does it sound does it sound all right right now? Or are you hearing? Yeah, it sounds clean. You have a lot of bass. Um, there, um, Alex was no, not, Ron mentioning. I think you have a lot of bass in your in your setup now. It's just kind of dialing it in to get it figured out. It is like yeah. where you want it. Yeah, I, I think it sounds good. The EQ I left from my EQ that I used on the twenty one hundred. So uh, I'll probably need to adjust that a little bit. This one probably does pick up a little bit more of the low end. So bringing that down, I don't want to be vibrating people's deaths from their speakers, just on a little bit of voice. Um, th- that's good. So a lot of people are saying, so bass, Ryan doesn't like it as much. As soon as you started talking about this, we got a little digital pixelization. At least I got it. I don't know oh, if they really? were in the chat room. Yeah, yeah okay. I think you're fine now. But um, yeah, you know, anytime, and they're giving some feedback, you know. Yeah, no, that's little, exactly what I want. Because right, I yes. need a return period, guys. I can still return this thing. Seems flat. Uh, it's clean, but maybe a little scratchy, which is like, it's, it's the same, but completely different. Um, you know, uh, don't like this mic sound as much. Ron said has some bass in there. Um, yeah, you know, in Mike, I think it, a, a microphone, and I mean, I haven't dialed this microphone. I have not changed this microphone since I, you know, probably four years ago, five years right, ago. So, right. Everybody's that's the sound everybody's used to, you know, it's just, it is what it is. I think if you had that, if you kept that mic and you kind of messed around with it and dialed it in and got it where you wanted, I think eventually that would be your sound. But anytime you change anything, then people are like, yeah, that sounds different. Especially when you ask them, like if you come on tonight, not said anything, people may have not even noticed that. you changed. Yeah, that's true. 
But the addition of, if people don't like the sound of it as much, even when it's clean, and then you add in the fact that I have to deal with now adhering the heater and Mm -hmm. all of that, Mm -hmm. it's, it's way more of a headache. And I'm willing to put up with a headache if it sounds better. But if it doesn't sound, but again, you know, those are things like for, yeah. you know, people said it's bassy. Well, I can bring down this bass a little bit as we're talking. Yeah. And maybe that doesn't sound as bad. Maybe now a little bit, my lows are fine. And I actually need to turn my compressor all the way off. Right. And then we can level out. I mean, this is really, so if we went flat, this is flat on the EQ. Mm-hmm. So this is, this, this should be. You know, what's interesting is you're making those adjustments. I'm hearing a little pixelization of your audio um, when as you do I'm that. As I'm adjusting them? As you're adjusting them. So, oh, just as I'm adjusting. That's probably because it is digital, right? Yeah. Yeah. Which is why I never, I never liked um, mixing in the software. Yeah. I always liked a hardware mix um, just because, you know, and I've moved this mixer around since I've had it. It's currently back here over my right shoulder. But I just kind of like, I like being able to go to the sliders. And not because if something goes wrong with the computer, you get it's taking too many resources. It doesn't sometimes it won't respond. You know that's just always been that has always been my preference. Yeah. Now the way that this is working is you're right. If the computer went down, I wouldn't be able to make a setting. But it's sending those settings to the mixer. Everything is processed on. Nothing is done on the computer. It's all processed in the mixer. So these are just changing the settings. It's like having the dials, but just you're setting them digitally. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, right. I, I mean, I do not like the sound of whatever I just did. <laughs> uh, I think that's back to Joe. Oh, okay. Joe says, um, hard to spell booze in a software mixer, though. <laughs> I Well, yeah. I, hopefully I've been clear that this is a hardware device that I'm just yeah. showing you guys via software. Right. So this this thing right here is sitting on my desk. This is just the software you use to set it, control it and make some changes to it. Other than that, it is a physical hardware mixer mm-hmm. right here. Hopefully I made that no, clear. No, that makes yeah, no, that makes sense. I think I showed that. I'll show it again just so folks know. This is this is what we're talking about here, right? This this device that you have here. You've got the mini uh available there. So no, I think good to know. You could spill some beer on that if you wanted to. And uh it would probably do the exact same thing where you'd have to go buy a new one. Yeah. Okay, so you, know? you talk for like two seconds. I'm gonna switch and we'll see if we can like do a live real quick. You're gonna switch to the twenty one hundred? Yeah. Okay. Take two seconds. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see how that goes. Make sure you mute um, before you get that done. You know, I have, while you're changing that mic, I have been so tempted to go with a RE320 or a a Heil PR40. Those are both condenser, um, really, really, really good mics and kind of the industry standard from a podcasting perspective. But the room I'm in, while it's treated, and I have some pretty good audio in here with, Sarah and the TV right behind me, I, you know, like what we used to do on the Yeti, shoot, she'll even, she'll even laugh through the wall into this microphone. So every time I kind of think of that, I kind of go, hmm, no. So, so you're back on the 2100. Yeah. This, so this is back on the 2100. Oh. And I, I hear, I hear a big difference. Now I just don't know which one I like necessarily better or worse. Now, what I do think is I think the compressor makes a big difference on this microphone. So when I turn the compressor up to about <laughs> 40 there, did that flatten it out a little bit more? Um, you just like the sound of this way better. Well, so um, I heard that laugh. No? Well, right, right. I was laughing at Ryan. He said, like butter. <laughs> so, okay. So this one is a little bit better, huh? And maybe I, actually without, I, I, I turned the compressor up way too so. much. So, 
No, but I, I think the 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 yeah, you know you the diaphragm on that's uh um just a little bit better. Yeah, to be honest, you're right. And it just doesn't better. have it doesn't pick up all those background sounds as much. I know. And in going through that mixer, like sounds I think that's good. a I think that's a match made in heaven right there, my friend. Okay, there we go. I think well, then the, it's settled. You guys saved me a hundred bucks. I'm gonna go return this uh <laughs> the 2020. That is it's exactly why I got it and. And it's actually the reason I went and got it. Um, I ordered it. I actually, I didn't order it. I was going to order it on Amazon. I was like, wait, if I go to Guitar Center, I can pick this thing up in person, try it tonight on the show, yeah. and then return it tomorrow if it's yeah. something I don't like. Where's our Guitar Center for you? Is that out by what? Right by, by the mall? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right by okay. Yeah. It is weird. I, I, I'm getting a little digital pixelization every once in a while from you off of that, off of that device. Super and interesting. I, I don't know what it is. I don't know what's causing it, but it could be and just is it some only of, when I adjust. It's probably because mm-hmm. I was just adjusting things right there. It's it's when you're adjusting it. So okay, I wonder so what's going good. on there with the processor. So I won't yeah. touch it, and you just tell me it shouldn't do it the rest of the time. Like I just got one there a second ago when you really? said I won't touch it. it and then you I, had a little it, digital. Yeah, a little something. a little pixelization there, a little digital dip. Chad, yeah. are you hearing that in the in Streamyard? Yeah, or it'd be good to know if if you guys will take them a second to to do that. No, yeah. this is a great test, Mike. I you know we we have to use microphones for what we do. We had Dave, when we have Dave Jackson on, uh, you couldn't make it that week, but Dave and I talked about you know all the sound needed now to be a remote worker, like to work from home. To you know how it's requiring better people are people are looking for and asking for better sound inside you know a call. There's just nothing worse than when you're on a conference call and somebody is in that, you know, they're and they're there's they're in audio hell, you know, and you're like, oh, it's so painful to listen to. Could you do something different? I got a brand new Lenovo laptop um, from work and the microphone doesn't work in it. I mean, it's scratchy at best, not working most of the time. So I'm not in a spot anymore where I can just go. You know, you can just open up your laptop and start talking. I've got to have a headset or I've got to have something with me that, um, you know, that allows me to um, be sound, have good sound. It's kind of a requirement now. So, um, well, I hope we're not forcing you back into, uh, but but that helped, that helped you make the decision, huh? Yeah, well, you gave me enough time right there to, to <laughs> I even changed the mount back. We're, we're already mounted back up. We're good I to go. I saw that. I kind of just, I just, yeah, kept, you were vamping a little so. bit to give me some, some time. A little bit. I almost ran out of stuff to talk about. Um, so it's, it, no, cool. It's, um, and then you prefer over the ear cans as opposed to, to earbuds for I your audio? I have been. Yeah. Well, okay. But I will say this only when I can hear myself back with monitoring from whatever device I'm using. Right, because Ryan turned me on to this, actually. I didn't know about that, so I had my mic monitoring all the way off. And when you wear over the ear and you can't hear yourself... Oh, it's terrible. Oh, it's yeah. awful. And there's yeah, a word terrible. for it. Ryan will put it in chat. I can't remember what he calls it. Um, side side noise? Side side monitoring? Something like that. And uh, once I turned up my mic monitoring on the Go XLR, I was like, oh, so much better. And I do, oh, yeah. I do like this a little okay. better. I'll probably go back to earphones at some point, for, especially for the podcast. Um these are more comfortable for me. Like sitting here, my ears started to ache when I was wearing those earbuds uh-huh. for that long. I do not have a good uh, pair of yeah. wired earbuds. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Earbuds would get you in there. Last night, um, I was doing a 
I was recording. So I produce a podcast, a couple of podcasts for Gallup. And I was recording one in Japan and they, it was Japanese in language. I don't do those. I just produce them. And so they were, they were talking and, and I was kind of listening, but I needed to call my mom too. And I'm like, okay, well, I can't, I'm muted here. So I need to do something different. So I got out my, my, um, Bose, uh, 35s and I paired them to my phone (laughs) Then I left my earbuds in and I put my phone uh, over the top <laughs> so I could still hear. I was still monitoring what was going on. Then right. I called my mom and I could, so I could hear my mom through the speaking. So at one point I took them out cause it was just maddening to listen to them speaking in Japanese and trying to listen to my mom talk. Mm-hmm. So I took them out. Uh, but so I had that conversation with her on the 35s and then I saw some commotion going on in the live stream. So Put it, pulled the earbud, put it back in, said, hold on, mom, just a second. Don't talk. You know, you're not going to hear them, but don't talk. So then I talked to them, got their problem fixed, got them started again, went back to my mom on it. I probably could have done it if, if I was thinking through, I probably could have done an all one machine, but those 35s actually worked out uh, really well for, I mean, they're kind of optimized for phone calls. And I always forget that I'm, I, I love them in a plane. I love them for the noise canceling. But man, they're pretty great. The only the only problem is and and Ryan says side tone. That's the yeah, that's the that's the word you were looking for. Side tone. Yep. Those you know when you're on a Bluetooth connection, you're not getting your voice routed back to you. And I wish I could get my own. I want to hear what it what's what's being sent. Exactly. Like, yep. and I want to hear it in real time. And I, to this point, I haven't figured out how to do that, or if you can even do that on the 35s. I'd actually, when I'm on a phone call, I'd actually like to hear what they're hearing from me. In you real think that time. would be something they could add into their app as like an as an option, right? Yeah. Is, is having yeah. a little bit of mic monitoring. No, I know. I should look. I haven't looked at that app in a while. I haven't taken a phone call on that thing in forever. Um, so, but they are great. You know, those microphones that are built into those that headset have noise canceling of them of their own. You can be in a super noisy room, and it closes it right up. And then when you talk, it'll open the gate. But they, they do some, Bose does some wicked stuff with that microphone. So, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, super cool. Anything else you want to add on that, Mike? No, I mean, this is, this is great. You guys were here to, to help me out. And now I know, now I know the difference. So, yeah, uh, yeah, I no, I think you stay. I, I, I think you stay there. I agree. I agree. Yeah. I, well, and this is a, this was a great use case for it, though. It's super hard to try and make that sort of decision on your own, though. Because yeah, you, have no, such right a, you have such your own bias of like, oh, no, the condenser is going to sound so much better. And am I hearing it better? It's also hard. And unless you record, listen back, record, listen back, it's hard right. for me to hear background noise while I'm talking. Yeah. So it's, no. Uh, it's yeah, weird. it's right. Uh, Justin says Jim's going to have a mixer in his car uh, in his car soon. Uh, yeah, maybe. Uh, I'd be. I got a new one coming this summer. We'll spend more time talking about that. It's, as a, that it's a great to even if even if you don't podcast. To be able to control all the different audio on your computer oh, totally. with one mixer, like, oh, I want my music down, but I want to keep the chat up, no, right? right? So think about, like, if you were yeah. listening to your your stream or to your your people, or you need to be monitoring them, well, I can turn them down on this slider a little bit, but I can keep my music up without just turning my overall volume. Now, I know you can do that in certain apps, like Spotify has a slider, but some apps don't have a slider, right? Like, um, depending on what you're watching. Yeah. yeah. And it's kind of a pain to use those slides. Okay, which window is that? Now control the slider. So it could be a fun little device just for people who are obsessed with controlling audio levels within different apps. Totally. If you got 250 no. bones to throw at it, you know. <laughs> well, we, we've come light years uh, in in audio processing this way. And, in you know, like the, the way you started the whole conversation is it used to just have to be a mixer. 
And, and that was, that was, those are often really, really expensive and hard to deal with on a lot of cables. You know, the, the, yeah, a lot of them, the, the idea of the preamp hasn't changed in a long time, but certain, some of the, some of the effects and some of the ability to run uh, these mixers without a mix minus um, is, is fairly new. And so just gives us some different options. You know, not everybody wants a mixer on their desk. I, it, I went to a little Behringer audio interface. So we, we've tested a bunch of those, uh, the, yeah, the focus, right. We did the PreSonus one, the blue, uh, the blue PreSonus. And then I got this Behringer that I'm now using at work and it's replaced the mixer. Hey, when you have one microphone, all you really need is audio out in a preamp. And it, it seems to be handling uh, the, the preamp isn't as good as I was hoping, but it's good enough for what I do. And that replaced, you know, it was a eighty dollar um, uh, audio, you know, an, an amp basically, right? An audio right. interface that replaced a three hundred dollar mixer. And so, you know, you're kind of like, oh, that's that's just not that's not such a bad deal. So, the the sound, the options we're getting on sound are are so much better, and I and so affordable. Yeah, right. No, right on. And I think people are wanting better sound more often. The one of my um, one of the guys that I work with, I gave him, he podcasts with me at least once a month, sometimes more. So I sent a mic home with him. He, he works from home out of Birmingham. And so I sent a mic home with him and he does all his calls with that. And he, the, the feedback he gets from people are like, wow, like that sounds really good. And he's like, yeah, of course. It well, does. it's amazing what people are used to. You add any sort of microphone, it's going to sound good. And especially when you add a decent quality microphone, it's going to sound even better. Yeah. No. I got so used to that at work. I want something, but no one else uses it. It'd be weird. I know. I have, I, you know, I've got this in my office now. And yeah. so, although I've got those Plantronics, uh, that Plantronic, and I forget the, the, the model on it, but round cans, I actually really like those for just regular conversations, Teams or Zoom or whatever. Um, I, I really like those. So it's, it's been good. Yeah. yeah it's probably $75 retail. So, they're a little bit better, you know, we've, we've gotten, you know, the early days of headsets, they were so terrible. Right. And they've just gotten a lot better with the mics on them. It still sounds kind of tinny, you know, not quite as, as full as a mic like this, but, um, it's easier to just throw the headphones on and, and you're, you're off to the races. Um, Mike, I'm a, I'm a gen one Philips hue guy. So I go way back to, I think 2014 having Philips hue light bulbs in here. I didn't realize this, but when we're having all these problems around here, all of a sudden this week, my Hue lights stopped working. Now they still work. They turn on and off. So you right. can use the switch for them. But like in all the, in all my, you know, Hubitat and the app, I couldn't get it to connect. I'm like, what's going on with the, with the hub? And, you know, with, with home automation, there's a couple different options. And, and many of the light bulbs that are out now just are direct Wi-Fi connect. But back in the day, wasn't always that way. You kind of needed a hub to put them together. Philips went proprietary on this, so they don't really mesh with anything else. And um, and so I was watching YouTube last time trying to figure out why does this not work? Well, apparently Philips Hue has pulled support for the V1 and it's not going to work anymore. Now, the, the date was supposed to be like April, but I can't get my V1 to work. It will not connect. It just keeps going through the connect cycle. And it was super frustrating. I spent about an hour and a half trying to troubleshoot it until I figured this out last night or a couple nights ago. Then I saw a YouTube video and the guy said, don't, don't buy V2. We need to punish, we need to punish Phillips <laughs> for this decision. <laughs> We're going proprietary? Well, one, or what? One, no, for, or for, for eliminating 
for eliminating support. the V1s. Like they crippled the V1s to so that people would buy the the V2s, or at least that's what the internet says, right? You know, who right. knows? They're, right. they're trying to get people upgraded. It, it was six or seven years ago, but okay, depending on where you fall on the side of the fence. So my my Philips uh, hub is sitting, it's hanging off the wall right now as we speak, and it's just trying to find life, and it's not going to, right? So I have a couple light bulbs, actually four in the house, stopped working. All the upstairs lights have stopped working. Again, you can flip them on and off, but that's not really what I want. So the guy said, well, what you need to do, so I could buy a V2 Philips hub, buy it by itself. It's 50 bucks, maybe 40, 50 bucks. He said, or uh, Philips has a remote, comes in a box, looks just like this. I just took it out. I'm, I just did an unboxing. I should have done it while you were watching, but I thought that was stupid. It comes, this goes on the wall. It's hard to see because of the, the thing, but this, you can put this to the wall. It's got two little magnets on the back. It's one of these remotes, just comes off. You can pair this with all up to 10 of the lights, and I just have four. So you can pair it with 10 of the, of the, the old lights and then pair this to Hubitat or pair this to anything else. That that um that's fairly standard, and the lights should work again. Haven't done it yet. I literally just took it out of the box, but I'm going to give it a try. And I haven't had a dimmer. Now I wouldn't. I'm not going to use this dimmer. I'm going to use the dimmer to pair it to the Hubitat, and then I'm going to set this dimmer off to the side. Yeah. And never. I don't really have any lights down here that need dim, and and the Hubitat's working just fine. It's doing the scheduled lighting the way I want to. It's paired the two living room lights together. It's really cool. At, at uh, dusk, the light comes on and it comes on at 50% because that's what I have it set. It stays on all night and at dawn, it goes off, right? So I, I, th those lights are on when they need to be. They're off when they need to be. That part's been working great. I just need control of them again. So in the dimmer space, we'll see how this goes. I'll keep you guys updated. And another one of my home automation, <laughs> like, oh man, like, and I knew I was going to have to replace that V1 hub at some point. Right. Yeah, it's, I, can't, I did mine a while ago. I'm trying to remember when exactly I went in and swapped it out, but I did it a while ago. Yeah, yeah, and I have four lights. I don't really want to get rid of them. They're kind of expensive. They do their yeah. thing. Um, this will get me in the dimmer space and uh, give it a try. So we'll get those um, pieces working. That'd be great in a spot where you didn't have a, a smart device either, right? Like I'm thinking my garage would be a great place for that dimmer where I have maybe a hue light. But I don't have um, an A-Lady device or a, or a Google device oh. out there to control it. You know, this was yeah. so for me. I'm thinking yeah. about where I would use the, yeah. one of those dimmers is a place where I can't just tell A-Lady to turn that down to 50%, which right. is what I usually do. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I don't, I'm not going to put uh, a, a device, one of those devices in the garage. So maybe you're right. Once I get this plugged in and then um, I'm kind of wondering, like, do I have a light in there currently? Well, the light I have in there currently is a Govi light that has a bulb, has a sensor built into the bulb. So for for the garage and the front of the house, I don't know if I've talked about this yet. I bought two Govi motion sensor lights where at the bottom of the bulb, you know, so no, let's I just say- I have talked about this. Let's just say this beer can is the bulb. <laughs> Why not? And then I should have I brought a, an actual, um, at the very bottom of it is a little piece of plastic of the bulb and that's a motion sensor. And you plug them in. There's no settings. They're not. They're 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 just set to be motions. They're on and then they're off, and they're not smart. You don't connect to them. They just have a motion sensor built into them. And so perfect that I don't in the garage. I don't necessarily need to monkey with that light all the right. time, right? Yeah. Oh, for sure. And so when I'm in there and it's and there's motion, it's just gonna stay on. And 
yeah, it's going to be frustrating sometimes. You know, when you stop, you're working on something and you stop and then the light goes off and you have to kind of mm-hmm. do this. Well, okay, I don't work in the garage that often. It's not such a big deal. But what I did want to happen is that silly thing just to come on. Now, I didn't want to put another sensor up. With the sensor built into the light bulb and at the bottom of the bulb, I was a little skeptical, but they've worked really, really well. The other place I have it is in the on the front porch. When you come up the steps, it just comes on and it's bright. I mean, it is boom, bright white. The kids even, holy crap. Like They walked out the other day, like, whoa, temper, you know, um, light of the sun, you know? Right. Right. Um, and I, I, I don't remember, they were maybe 10 bucks each or something, maybe less. I don't know. I didn't, I didn't pay that much for them. Again, Govi, same company that has the, the, the humostats or the, the, uh, hygrometers for the cigars. Um, but a good little has been a good little light. So I've got some work to do. I think this weekend sometime I'll probably get these paired up. It's, it's funny how dependent you get on these lights when they don't work. So Sarah's the other day, she's telling, she's telling lady a turn that light on. Hey, turn that light on. And it won't, you know, it won't, it won't turn on uh, because well, one, we had those internet problems. So it's amazing how, badly um, the Amazon devices or the Google devices perform when you have degraded upload speeds. Yeah, no kidding. So we would tell it to do things and it wouldn't do them. And then, of course, this broke. And we were like, well, okay. So I said, hang tight. I've ordered a switch. I'm going to get this paired and we'll get this back on Hubitat. And then, of course, it'll do it will do its thing once it's back there and working. Once I have it synced with Hubitat, because you can't do that directly. Uh, once I have that uh, synced up, then of course uh, everything will start working again, and all the the um, digital devices will start will start doing that. So twenty two bucks, twenty two on Amazon, not a bad way to go. We'll give it a try. Uh, so a little update. One more thing, Mike. That solar panel for my ring, like that is good legit. or bad? Oh, oh good. Le- it good. is super legit. Like okay. I could not be happier. It has not gone below ninety eight percent battery since i put that thing in and that's and even the winter months so that's that's good. i know some sun comes out it is south facing sun comes out it's at 100 and it just has never gone below and i'm checking it all the time you know we're always checking it we have fedex coming by all the time the garbage man and you know it doesn't trigger on the the, the cool thing is it doesn't trigger on the traffic you have to come up into the driveway um it's working that thing is working really really well the only thing is you know 30 bucks a year per camera so you think about adding another one, 30 more bucks. That's not bad, to be honest. For That's years, not it's not terrible. No, not terrible. No, if it's 30 bucks a month, that, that might be um, something different. Joe had said in the chat room, yes, Sonos did something similar when we're thinking about what Philips did by just kind of basically crippling the device, forcing people to upgrade. Yeah. Got called out big time. They did get called out for. hard. Yep. But when you think about it, like Sonos especially, there was a, those speakers were what? I mean, at this point... Mm-hmm old when you think about technology it's supported i mean we don't get mad at certain companies for getting rid of like you know windows support at a certain point right but the thing is they still run you're just not getting updates and things like that it's it's not you know in sonos's case they wanted to actually brick like you were turning these things in i think they talked about this a bunch on entertainment 2.0 and they, uh, uh, Richard got really heated about this and that they, they actually bricked them. And that's what made some people mad. Like, they're like, Hey, no, you're turning these in for money. We're going to brick them and you don't have to turn them in. You don't have to take the money for it. You can still use them, but if you're going to do that, they're going to brick them. 
And so that was, um, yeah, no, it, it is the danger in all these things. Is it seems like there's maybe a six to eight year window where companies start like, okay, we don't want to develop on this anymore. We really want to move into the future and we really want you to upgrade. Right. So we're going to, you know, at some point, if you're thinking about all these smart home devices and I've got maybe worse than anybody, I have a smattering of all, I've got some TP link plugs. I've got these huge lights. I've got, I'm on Govi for some of these things. I've got just some Wi-Fi lights, you know, all of a sudden, so troubleshooting then. So like oh, something goes yeah. out. Okay. So when this went out, I was thinking, what is it? And like, <laughs> which service it? is it? Like, yeah. You start logging into all your apps. I have grouped all my apps on my phone. So they're all in one place, but you start thinking like, okay, where is it? What is it? How did it work? I had to log into Hubitat and then I'd set up a bunch of stuff in Hubitat, which I thought I would remember, but Hubitat is hard enough that you're like, oh, like how did I watch somebody do it on a video and then I, now I can't remember where the video is or how, you know, what I did. And you're just kind of like, oh, where's that setting? And how do I turn that off? I have a bunch of if this and that things that's, that run. I just don't know where they're going or what they're doing. I do the right? same thing for like un certain Unraid uh, Nextcloud issues. Like I, I watched one video on how to install it. I had to go back to that. Like, oh, what was that video? Because I can't remember the command that I need to uh to run that i also do the same thing sometimes for a website that i found the very unique url you use to tap into one of the cox security cameras so you can convert it to use it like i took the cox security cameras and i use them on my system ah, now gotcha, and i can never yeah. remember what that extension is on the url to right. make it activate because right. they disable the web ui the gui but there is a mm -hmm. command you can use via the url that you type in to activate it and i always forget what that is and you think you're going to remember it yo yeah Oh, and and like, I, oh and yeah, I got this. You copy and paste it, and like I know I'm going to save this somewhere I remember. And I can never remember where I put that <laughs> dang text file that has the uh, a string in it, right? Yeah, well, we won't talk a lot about this, but crypto has picked up, right? I mean, we, we're seeing yeah, it ten, really ten, has picked up. Yeah, 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 it's picked up a little bit and got me thinking the other day. I wonder where all my crypto is. <laughs> like, do I know where all my crypto is? And I started going through. You know, I'd, I'd had a, a last pass um, note in there, a secure note where it had all the locations. And I hadn't updated that in a year. And I was like, mm, I wonder if those are actually true. No, they're not. I'd moved some things around and done some things different and never updated that file. It's a great place and, to put it, though. Yeah, no, oh, right on. That's right what on. I use on my, like, those Bitwarden secure notes or, or last pass. Fantastic places to put all that information. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you think you're going to remember. And you're like, oh, how did this work? And then you, ever, you get that feeling. You're like, I'm never going to figure this out. Like, this is, mm -hmm. this is, it's going to be gone. I've lost the keys. I don't know how to find this. It's like the lock that's on your shed that you haven't opened up in a couple of years. And you're right. like, which key is this? You start, none of them work. And you're like, where well, did they the put that? Cars. And so, yeah, well, you, we'll you, just so you do. Lock. And then yeah. six months later, you're rummaging through a drawer and there's the key and it's really marked. You're like, you know, it's like shed. You're like, oh, there it is. This is where it's at. And, uh -huh. uh, oh my God. So um, even with all the technology, you know, I was thinking about it's tax time right here in the United States is tax time. And every year I say, you know, I'm going to do a better job of keeping records and keeping them in a place where I can remember and all in one spot. And then I get to the end of the year, mm, I'm still fishing around for them, yeah. you know, trying to find them. Um, they do make it easier. And I'm, I think I'm a TurboTax guy. I think that's what I use. And 
now that I've used them for a couple of years, I used H&R Block for a while. And then um, now that I've used them for a couple of years, they're starting to remember things about me and some suggestions, which is kind of nice and kind of creepy. I, I agree. That's why I stuck with them. You know, I'm not a fan of their pricing model, but they, uh, they, yeah, they remember the stuff and they ask me the right questions. Like, Hey, you did this last year. want to, don't you have this form? It's like, Oh yeah, right. I should have that form for sure. Um, um, Ron says it's tax time in Canada too. It's probably tax time in most countries at this point. Mike, you, one more quick thing. You, no. you got some new monitors and you got a monitor mount. I uh, did. A, a brand new monitor mount. I'll show that here. Talk a little bit about that. Cause yeah, I think I we're all wanna, in that boat. I mainly want to talk about it because um, kind of mixed reviews on this one. Oh, so okay. uh, the monitors are great. Monitors, nothing to talk about though. I grabbed these from a company that was going out of sale. They were getting, the thing I loved about this, I was able to get four of the same monitor. The guy gave me four uh, 1080p, 60 hertz, great looking monitors, 24 inch monitors, four of them for like 120 bucks mm-hmm. total. Uh, so I, I thought that was a pretty good deal. Are they Dell? Uh, they are uh, ViewSonic. Okay. So, okay. Yeah, they look fun. Um, yeah. So, but this is what I want to talk about. So, I, I was like, okay, now I need a way to to kind of mount these. There are Visa mount options. So, I went and found this with a gym show on the screen. This is the Vivo VIVO quad monitor mount. And it's $60, which is actually super affordable for a quad mount. Uh, most of most, most monitor mounts are going to be pretty expensive, but this one is a, 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 a fixed mount. We lost you. Oh, apparently I, I found out on this. I learned something new on this mixture. If you yeah. hold it, it will toggle it. Oh, okay, good enough. Nice. I, I held it and I, I went away. So if you yeah, hold you it, go. it does toggle. Are anyway. you coughing? Uh, yeah, I had to cough okay. real quick. <laughs> so this quad mount is, when you first get it, it's extremely um, sturdy and I was really impressed. Still am pretty impressed. It's all solid metal, uh, very heavy, a very heavy mount which is good, right? If you have four monitors hanging off this thing, you want it to have some weight to it. Now, I'm really glad I went with this version because the version that I have linked in the show notes so you guys can see, this has the, like, it almost has like a stand you just set on top of a desk. Um, You don't need to drill a hole. It doesn't clamp to the back. I cannot imagine this thing sitting in like a drilled out hole or even be mounted on the back like with a clamp. This thing is heavy. And especially with all these monitors, I'm really glad I got the version I did um, for this. But for $60, uh, it has a lot of adjustability. That's what I was surprised about. You can tilt the monitors up and down. Um, the arms move quite a bit, and you can really set things. What the only downside that I have found, and I think this is pretty true with a lot of these cheaper monitors, is it starts to fade. Like things start to just shift, right? Like screws start to be not as tight as they were when you first set it up. Like this right monitor has kind of come, it keeps coming closer and closer to me a little bit. <laughs> um, so I might need to get in there and just like tighten things back yeah, up, yeah. right? But th- that's just the the what comes with a cheaper monitor stand. Yeah. Uh, but that being said, for $60, getting four monitors up, if you're not a perfectionist, because I don't care, like, when I say coming at me, it's not drastic. It's just a little bit. Like now all the top lines don't line up with my monitors mm-hmm. as well as they did. Mm-hmm. I could get it set back. But again, with a more expensive monitor, it wouldn't take me the effort it would to get these yeah. all set back up. 60 bucks. If you're just looking to get four monitors up, great deal on a little stand. Uh, just don't expect, obviously, super high quality. But what you can expect from it is this thing's not going to fall apart on you. I mean, it is sturdy. Um, I could I could beat someone over the head with this thing. I mean, this is a, this is a heavy piece of machinery here. Yeah. Um, I, so I was pretty impressed for sixty bucks. Not terrible. And I, th- I have okay. always 
had, I've never had a Visa mounted option. I've always had three monitors sitting on my desk. When you realize how much desk space you clear off from not yeah. having stands, I was shocked. I'm, I'm never going to be able to go back to having stands again. Well, you're going to fill it up with stuff, though. That's the thing. Like now, yeah, I, that's where I, mixer hide, is now. I know I hide things that are, oh, you got to bring the USB a hub up for it. Oh, I got, I've got to put my, I have my Amazon Fire up here. Oh, the Surface Pro, which I think is dead, by the way. But my 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 speakers, my shelf speakers are now on the desk, right? Which it's just you, you get use? desk creep. Uh, for shelf speakers? No, 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 no. For your oh. mount. What kind oh, of mount do you use? that's a great question. It's something similar to this, and it's okay. it. I've had it for a while. It's actually, um, I think if you go to the average guy TV, there is a because I saw a bunch of like spring loaded, gas loaded arms. But you could really just like oh that would be cool. You go, um, those ones were a little bit more expensive. I couldn't find obviously a quad version of that. Those were usually only for two or three. I think so. If you go to the average TV and then you click on the gear tab, let's see if I can find the post. It's been a while. If you want to go back, yeah, let's see if these links still work. I'll show you. Hey, look at that! They do. Let's just add this back in. So. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Same thing. It's just the dual mount. Um, it's the exact I got the, same brand. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Uh, isn't that funny? Um. When's this? Po hold on. When is this? I'll show you the post. And the one thing I noticed about this too, they have that improved. Guy. No oh man. I know it's young. Yeah. When was uh, this? Christmas Day, 2013. So seven wow. years ago. Yeah, seven years ago, I put this post together. That gives you some idea of. Kind of my setup, and it's pretty close. These two, these two monitors are together. I have this monitor back. Actually, that moved for a while. It was behind me, and I moved it around the one all the way to the right. It's back in that spot, but I I took a mount and put one above it, and then I have my the other PC with two monitors along this side. So I'm actually one, two, three, four, five, six. If it's six sick. monitors in front. I have of six you? monitors on my desk. Yeah, it's, it's just stupid, dude. That's just dumb. But um. Yeah, let's see. Did I? There we go. So the one thing they have improved. So if you do, they let you zoom in on the actual mount that would go on the back of the monitor. Uh, let's okay, look. so they've been. Oh yeah, you were just. I mean, that was close enough when you were showing it. Just that that plate right there. Um, what you when you mount it? This is gonna be hard to explain. When you are setting this up, it's really nice because the top. So you're thinking about the Visa mount, right? There are four four holes. The top two have a slit that opens all the way to the top of the mount so it's not just a hole so that way you can put the two screws in the monitor ahead of time slide it down on and then do your and then screw in your last two but it, it doesn't make you have to hold up the monitor and shoot the yeah. screw in and your your yeah. arms are shaking because you're holding up it lets you put the two <laughs> in ahead of time slide it onto the mount oh, i just hit it and then uh and then go from there so i like the little things like that i was like okay this is pretty impressive but they have, I swear they have this quad version with that same desk mount option that you have. I'm like, that is a lot of weight. Oh, I think let's look here. So if I found, I got uh, okay. So I actually have this version at work. Uh, this is, so it's got a pole and, um, this is dual, dual. Yeah. So, dual. I mean, I think that would be it right there. Where's yeah. The, except oh, no, that's two. So think about this, but then it's got two of these. 
Right. right. This is kind of meant so and you can it, move that around. Okay. I oh yeah, about, but it's heaviest. I mean, it is. That's what I'm worried the, about. Like, does that clamp on the desk good enough to hold? Oh yeah. Hold? Oh well, yeah. You no, need a pretty right solid on. desk, I think. Yeah. Like right my on. IKEA table is not going to hold that thing up. No, you'd want a pretty beefy. You you'd desk. want some pretty beefy M- MDF right on there. Yeah. But no, it'll it'll hold pretty well. It's it's um that's what I ran the quad monitor at work for for five years off one of the desks. Only to find out I don't really need quads anymore. So it's sitting, I got this quad monitor stand sitting just back in a storage room at work. Oh, really? Yeah. Should bring yeah. it yeah. No, I, I don't need any more monitors here. This is stupid. Like, but I did like, yeah. um, there are the two different options of the way you were thinking of as one, two, three, four. So two mm-hmm. and two. I kind mm-hmm. of like this three and then and one. one. Yeah. It lets me, especially for when I'm gaming, I have my main monitor. I can just look to the right real quick or whatever I have here left and then up is kind of up i can see like almost like a secondary just throw things up there if you need to be looking yep. at stuff yep uh I, I do like the three the three and one a little bit better than i think i would have liked the two and two yeah i like totally it depends I, on your I, workflow and what you're doing totally does totally does for what i was doing two and two was great in this yep. setting i actually have four across and then one up high and one down low. Don't ask me why. It's just the way it works for it works me. Works out for you though. Just works out for me. And the the one like for the one I talk on Discord is all the way to the left. I've got it cranked up so that the, I can see the <coughs> I can see the I can, I can see the words the text. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. sometimes that stuff can be small. Um. um so it just kind of depends what works for you, right? And there's there's no right or wrong. It's just just kind of whatever works for you. All right, we. We are at time, Mike. We'll do a little bit of post show. Folks want to hang around. Couple, couple reminders uh, for folks. Um, want to say thanks for Patreon subscribers. You know, it's just it, it tax time. It, when you calculate uh, what that means from an annual standpoint, I'm just super thankful. I, I did my taxes. I had trouble sleeping the other night, so I thought, well, you know what? Maybe doing my taxes will put me to sleep. Sure enough, so I did the taxes for about an hour or two. Got them all figured out. Figured out I owed, and I'm like, at that point, oh. I'm like, oh, I'm going to go to bed. And it's okay to owe. That's money I got to keep, you know, the, yeah. that, that kind of deal. So, um, uh, but I appreciate uh, you Patreon subscribers, the folks that do that. If you're giving, I appreciate that. If you want to give, go to theaverageguy.tv slash Patreon. You can do it for a month or you can just do it on a regular basis. We have a $5 plan that's out there if you just want to join us. To get that done, you can do it. It helps kind of me do do things around here. And so if you if you appreciate what we're doing, uh, head out to theaverageguy.tv slash Patreon. Appreciate you doing that. Mike mentioned the Discord, theaverageguy.tv. If you're new, theaverageguy.tv slash Discord. You can join our Facebook group, theaverageguy.tv slash Facebook. I want to remind you, the theaverageguy.tv platform, both web and media hosting, powered by Maple Grove Partners, gets secure, reliable, high-speed hosting from people you know and trust. Of course, that's Christian. Uh, head out to maplegrovepartners.com. Plans start at 10 bucks. It's really the greatest way to get on the web, and Christian will totally work with you to make sure that's done. Speaking of that, we put out Cyber Frontier 60. Um, Christian talked about, I love this title that he, um, he kind of came up with uh, when we were talking about AI and machine learning, and it's adversarial machine learning. So it's a really cool, Christian, like when things go wrong. So it's a really good episode. We're out. Cyber Frontiers, you know, we're only about every six weeks. So maybe you've forgotten about it. Go back out there, resubscribe, whatever you need to do, or just head out to theaverageguy.tv. It's sitting on the top of the page right now. And uh, if you want to get awesome web hosting, whatever you need, maplegrovepartners.com. We are live every Thursday, just about every Thursday, 8 p.m. Central, 9 Eastern, when my internet is working. And uh, 
We'd love to see you live next week. I, I want to thank uh, Alex and Ron and Joe and Ryan and Justin and uh, who was out there earlier in there. Who are Joe, Ryan, and I guess I got everybody, Ron. Did I get everybody? Uh, appreciate them joining us in the chat room. Always nice to have you guys out there, and you can only do it if you join us live. So come to theaverageguy.tv forward slash live Thursdays, 8 p.m. Central, 9 Eastern. If you made it this far, thank you unbelievable that you listen to us for this long so i appreciate that uh, as well we'll be back i think we're back next thursday but that will say goodbye everybody